0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about a reader question that was uh, um, kind of like, why does it feel like just chatting with my therapist, and is that okay, And, um, I don't really feel like I'm being challenged, but maybe this is right. Like, I don't know. And this is like a really common question that people have. And it's honestly why I get so many, uh, referrals, why so many people want to see me is because they feel like they just kind of stalled out in prior therapy and it just felt like chatting with a friend. So we're going to be talking about why it feels like chatting with a friend and, um, if you've been in this situation, I'm sure that that resonates with you, the whole like kind of casual, we're just shooting the shit vibe where you feel real validated, but you don't really do anything. Um, but before that, please do subscribe because I have awesome episodes coming out. The most recent one was about, oh, what was it, Go, don't, not going to sleep angry and whether that's viable and healthy. And I have loads of other ones, including, which I haven't mentioned for a while, the oral sex on women, which is worth the price of admission alone. Okay, so um, anyway, moving on to the topic. So there's a lot of reasons that people stall out in therapy. I had one podcast on people who feel they're too smart for therapy. Nobody's too smart for therapy. I mean, you know, you just got to, like – open your mind to the fact that you're not the smartest person in the world, which should be something that you're tackling in therapy. Nobody's the smartest person in the world, you know, except for me. No. <laughs> um, but 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 anyway, there's plenty of really smart therapists, and um, there's really smart clients, and there's uh, people of both clients and therapists who are not so smart. I mean, like, there's, like, a whole fucking bell curve of everything. And that's kind of uh, the issue here. Um, when people say... Like just hanging out with my therapist is like hanging out with a friend. Well, there's a personality and I talk about personality with parenting, you know, sometimes you just don't have a good fit with one of your kids and that's like taboo to say, but it shouldn't be because like if your kid is like a super loud extrovert and you're a super quiet introvert, they're going to trigger the shit out of you. And conversely, if you are an introvert with a kid who's an introvert, they may trigger the shit out of you because they remind you too much of yourself. So everything in this world is about temperamental fit, you know, in terms of of um, attraction between people. Now, a therapist who's very similar to you, so I often see this um, happen most in situations where it's a very kind of um, uh, a people-pleasing therapist with a people-pleasing client. And if you're like, but therapists are supposed to be, you know, very emotionally healthy. And I thought people pleasing wasn't very emotionally healthy. Well, yeah, I mean, but nobody's perfect. You know, people have all sorts of fucking problems. Just because you're a therapist doesn't mean that you're a perfect person. Certainly not. I'm not a perfect person. Nobody that I've ever seen as a therapist is a perfect person. No therapist that works for me is a perfect person because there are no perfect people. What we're looking for is a goodness of fit. So frequently, if you have a conflict averse therapist partnered with a conflict diverse client and the therapist identifies with the client and and the client really ostensibly says that they want to be challenged, but kind of when they are gently challenged, they really close down, well, then you end up in a situation where you might as well fucking be at Starbucks, you know, except that Starbucks would be cheaper. And it's not cheaper than much, but it would certainly be cheaper than therapy. Um, So you got to really think about what your goals are in therapy and how you're showing up, as well as the personality of the therapist. All of these variables are super important. So you may think of yourself as somebody that likes to be challenged but in reality you are a people pleaser and you want to be a good uh, client and you want somebody who basically is um, you know an ego stroker and this can be very validating especially if you have been struggling with self esteem issues it can be great to show up and there's unconditional positive regard which is um, you know a, a, a theory you know that that's actually like an approach un, unconditional positive regard um, within therapy and particularly therapists that identify more as supportive supportive listeners. They, if you just want to show up and get validation and feel good about yourself, they'll do that. And that can be very healing for people who never experienced that before. Um, is it my approach? No. Um, is it the approach of more um, uh, challenging therapists? No. But it is a good approach for people. Everybody doesn't want the same thing out of therapy. So like some people don't really want to be challenged. And so they click with somebody who's just a warm bath to talk to. you know and they're just real easy and they let the client just talk and, and they they give their insights mostly about other people and if they do have anything to say about the client it's really squarely situated in the client's family of origin and the client's current behavior is really not interrogated very much this is this can make somebody feel better and um, it can really make them feel supported and validated, especially in situations where they don't feel like that by other people. It's not my approach because I don't think that overall it helps you learn more effective ways of, of dealing with your issues, you know, and so and and I'm also just literally not that kind of person. So it doesn't I, I don't act like that because I'm not like that. So there's a big um, overlap between the sort of approach that a therapist wants to do and their innate personality. Obviously, I mean, if you think about this, um, you know, for a second, you'll realize that it's true in, in every single occupation like if you like to argue you become a litigator you don't like go into estates and wills you know like nobody's trying to like argue there as much as they are when they're like prosecuting somebody in a courtroom so the type of therapy that you do is is based on your intrinsic personality and if your intrinsic personality is very conflict averse then you're going to go into different sorts of therapy approaches and learn them and that's what you're going to do with your clients and the clients that click with you are going to be those who respond best to such an approach. Now, over time, sometimes you realize that you don't want to respond to that approach anymore and that you're ready for more challenge and growth. And frequently, you're ready to do this because you've been with a therapist for a long time that's validated the shit out of you. And so then you're strong enough and you think that you're a pretty good person and this person seems to like you a lot. And now you're ready to be challenged more. And so sometimes that's when people reach out to therapists like myself and um, they actually want to more look deeply and sometimes take a harsher look at their own behavior and the way that their own personality thoughts and behaviors perpetuates the dysfunctional cycles that they're in and interpersonal relationships across the board whether that's parenting um, couples or or work or friendships or what have you or their own parents you know like how they Like, like what patterns are you getting stuck in that you don't see? And can the therapist kind of alert you to patterns like that, even and especially if you are kind of the issue. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I've never yet met a marriage where there's one good guy and one bad guy. And I talk about that all the time. It takes two to tango. So another thing that's frequently brought up by clients is that they come to me after they feel like the therapist just allied with them during all of the couples counseling. And at some point, they were like, uh, well, <laughs> as much as I would love this to be true, that my partner's always wrong, I mean, intellectually, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem right, you know? And these are situations, again, therapists are people. There's something called counter-transference, where a therapist gets kind of um, personally triggered because they feel uh, that the situation is too similar to things that they grew up in and or or like how their own marriage went or something. So... Like for example, if you're a woman whose husband has ADHD and you have a therapist who's a woman whose husband has ADHD, then it's going to be hard for her not to identify primarily with you and only doing her own deep internal work can she um, get to be more unbiased. And hopefully therapists do this, but everybody's people. And like, think about it. Even if a therapist sees their own therapist once a week, they're also seeing clients for 20 hours a week. So it's like, you can't process every session. So you got to see, so what are some signs that you're not going to get shit done in therapy well one sign is because you feel like you're just chatting with a friend and this can be again affirming and strengthening at the beginning but long term Like there's people who tell me they do this for like 10 years before they come to me. Maybe you needed to. Maybe you had a terrible abusive childhood and you needed somebody just to say that you're a good person pretty much and explore that childhood with you for 10 years. But then if you decide that it's kind of like boring and just like shooting the shit to go to therapy, then that's a sign that maybe you're ready for something else and somebody who is going to be more... um, you know, uh, I, I don't know if the word is confrontational, but it kind of is. Somebody who's going to say, oh, what about this or what about that, with this and that being things that you, always ha- that you haven't already thought about. So that to me is the interesting goal of therapy is to be in a place really where somebody else can really be objective about your situation. But you have to present yourself as somebody open to this because many therapists will try to do this and the client will be like, oh, no, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. Let me let me explain to you again why my husband is wrong. So then maybe the next day they, you know, the next session they start to try and then you say, no, 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 no. It, it's it's not me, it's them. So shit, after a while, you know, the person is going to conclude that you do not want to be challenged and that apparently at this stage in your development, uh, you know, you can't be challenged. Otherwise, quite honestly, you'll leave therapy. You're not forced to be there. And therapists will conclude in the cost benefit analysis, it's better to have this person here with the few little insights that they will accept than to have them completely leave and repudiate me and possibly all of therapy after what they felt to have been too harsh and invalidating an experience of challenge. So net net it just keep them in here and every so often maybe I can make a little interpretation that pushes them outside their comfort zone just a tiny bit. And so that, especially with a conflict-averse therapist, is the way that they will conclude. And if you say therapists aren't conflict-averse, constantly on my list serve, I mean, there's people that don't. Many therapists don't even work with couples because there's just too much fucking yelling. And that is, man, the only benefit of growing up with a home with a lot of conflict as a child is it takes a lot of fucking conflict to bother me. <laughs> um, and uh, but if you're a therapist that's very quiet and conflict-avoidant person, then you're going to work a lot. Better with a quiet client that does not really want to be challenged very much so some people are then gonna say if you ask them what should I do they're gonna say well you should tell the therapist you should tell the therapist that you want to be challenged okay you tell the therapist you want to be challenged does this mean the therapist uh becomes a different human being with a different style no but what it could do is it could lead to an interesting discussion about if you have so far had these specific things that you want to work on why have you not um thus far brought it up right so then sometimes i'll get people they come in and they're like i've been seeing somebody for like you know x amount of years even and uh, we just never talk about sex Um, And then you, I see all your stuff about sex, so you'll talk about sex. But it's like, you know, what'd you spend years not talking about sex for? So like, I mean, you got to like look in at yourself and say, all right, like if this is something that I really want to talk about, why am I not doing it? And for most people, it's because it's threatening. So you're using kind of your time to feel stronger, to get acclimated with the idea of therapy. And then when you kind of understand what therapy is and you've gotten some things out of it, then, you know, maybe you switch because you don't necessarily have the courage or confidence to bring up a new topic. But, you know, I mean, bring it up. See what they say. I mean, if you just bring something up that is new, you have yet no idea how this person is going to relate to it. Maybe they'll be a great sex therapist, you know, and uh, maybe they just haven't been bringing it up because you haven't been bringing it up, uh, or any other example of anything. So certainly, you can talk to the person, to the therapist that you've been chatting with, and say that you don't feel like it's going deep enough or challenging you. But at least have like some things that you're literally saying. Don't just come to them with you don't challenge me. Because, I mean, this is not like they're Houdini and they're pulling a rabbit out of a hat. What you want to say is like something like, "Um, you know, we're in couples counseling, but I seem to notice that we're focusing mostly on my partner, which feels very good. But, you know, it can't be right, really, can it? You know, like, is it right that I'm a perfect person? And probably they'll say no. And maybe that'll give them a window in to give you the observations that they have been heretofore holding back. But it doesn't mean they're going to change into a different sort of person with a different style. So if you're looking then, if you say, then how could I decide, let's say I am somebody who wants to be challenged, Um, how can I find somebody like this? They'll usually have something on their side, honestly, about, like, I am a very active, collaborative person or or what have you. Sometimes they'll literally outright say I challenge you. You know, not everybody has an entire, like, you know – Website like me with articles, but most of them have descriptors and uh, profiles. And, you know, you could always come to my people. Obviously, I have an online practice, Best Life Behavioral Health, or me. But um, if you're looking in general, you look at their profile on Psychology Today or wherever, and you try to find somebody that does not just say that they are an active listener, but rather that they are more, um, you know, challenging. I mean, they're going to say it in some way or another. If they're not, then don't waste more than really a couple months in therapy with somebody with whom you do not feel you are clicking or that you don't feel is challenging you if that is your goal for therapy, which it may be. And that is an admirable goal. I mean, you don't want to stay inside your comfort zone forever. And, um, it it also may be by the way if you have a conversation with your therapist like the one that I said they may say oh it seemed that you know you don't necessarily want to hear that kind of stuff they may say that in one way or another like um you know it seemed that you know we were focusing first on the things with your husband and then you know maybe we would get to you afterwards like you know, that that kind of means like, I didn't think you were ready to hear stuff or whenever I've tried to mention stuff, it hasn't happened or it, it doesn't work well. And if you're looking for examples, as I said before, it's kind of just a defensive tone. Like you may not be overtly like nasty, but whenever the therapist is like, well, I don't know, like, do you empathize with such and such perspective, you know, or if it's individual therapy, they may say, well, I mean, you know, can you see how the other person might feel or something? Like that. And if you're like, well, yeah, but you know, here's how I feel. Well, then, like, they're kind of going to assume that you are not ready to really open up and perspective take, and that you need more buffering and strengthening by uh, affirmation and validation before perhaps you can get to a place of, you know, more growth. And um, it takes more ego strength. That's not ego in the colloquial layperson definition, meaning like egotistical, but rather ego. Remember, I'm sure people have taken Psych 101. You got your id, your superego, and your ego, and in the in Freud's uh, three parts of the subconscious, right? And the, the ego is the one that is the more rational actor there and so your ego like the you your identity you the the identity that you acknowledge like that has to be strong enough to accept feedback and if a therapist thinks it's not because you may be you know traumatized or you may have traits of a personality level issue or um myriad reasons you're extremely depressed you're vulnerable in some way then you don't have the the basically you are not strong enough for them to to in any way challenge you, otherwise you may just kind of uh, explode or leave therapy or just retreat or what have you. And they may have tried little, little interventions along the margins that have not gone well. So this is not just a thing where it's like blame the therapist. Sure, there's some therapists that are just phoning it in, therapists or people no shit but uh there's also your behavior in the session that makes them think you are or are not ready or able to receive feedback and to work on more challenging aspects of the dynamic that you have with whoever whether it's couples or individual um there's you're always talking about interpersonal dynamics anyhow um hopefully this was useful and um you got something out of it please do subscribe if so and i will talk to y'all soon